Occasionally she felt guilty. Everything had worked out so well, but what the hell, that was life. Hers hadn't exactly been a day at the beach. At the tender age of five, she'd discovered the body of Maria, her mother, floating in the family swimming pool. Then, years later, Marco, her first love, was gunned down in the parking lot of the Maggiriano Hotel. Shortly after that, Dario, her brother, was shot to death. Three tragic murders. But Lucky had taken her revenge. She was a Sant'Angelo after all. Don't fuck with a Sant'Angelo. The family motto. As soon as she walked out of the building, she spotted Boogie lounging against the side of a dark green Mercedes. Boogie was her driver, bodyguard and friend. The airport, she said, sliding onto the front seat. Are we in a hurry? he asked. We're always in a hurry, she replied. Isn't that what life's all about? Abe Panther, the founding father of Panther Studios, was 88 years old and looked it, even though he didn't act it. Abe arose every morning promptly at six. After a swim, breakfast, and reading newspapers, it was time for Inga Irving, his long-time companion, to join him on the terrace of his Miller Drive home. Inga, in her early fifties, was a striking-looking woman who had obviously once been a great beauty. Long ago, when Abe was the Hollywood tycoon to beat all Hollywood tycoons, including the Misters Goldwyn, Mayer, Zanuck, and Cohen, he had attempted to make Inga into a star. But the camera didn't like Inga Irving. The public didn't like Inga Irving, and after several tries in three Big Panther studio productions, Abe had finally given up. Inga had never forgiven Abe for not persevering on her career, but she'd stayed with him anyway. When his last divorce had taken place, he didn't marry her. Inga refused to blackmail or beg. As far as she was concerned, she was his common-law wife, and when Abe died, she had every intention of claiming what was rightfully and legally hers. Abe Panther never left his house. He hadn't done so for ten years, ever since his stroke. Six weeks in the hospital, and it allowed them to wrest the studio from his grasp. Although technically he never lost control, and was indeed still president and owner of Panther Studios, he had not had the inclination to return. And nobody expected him to return. What they did expect was for him to drop dead and leave everything to them. His living relatives consisted of two granddaughters, Abigail and Primrose, and their offspring. Abigail and Primrose were as unalike as two sisters could be. They couldn't stand each other. Abigail was pushy and grasping. She loved entertaining and big parties, a true Hollywood princess. Primrose, the younger and prettier of the two, had opted for a different kind of life in England where she was able to raise her two children in what she considered a more real atmosphere. And then there were the son-in-laws, Abigail's husband, Mickey Stolly, who ran the studio, and Primrose's spouse, Ben Harrison, who took care of Panther Studios' overseas operation. Mickey and Ben also loathed each other. Abe considered both sons-in-law, or scums-in-law, as he had christened them, to be cheating connivers, stealing everything they could. Abe had a loyal employee firmly ensconced on the studio lot. His name was Herman Stone, an unassuming man with a useless title of personal assistant to Mr. Panther. Herman visited Abe once a month and gave him a rundown of studio activities. 
He had a comfortable office and an elderly secretary, Sheila. Herman was absolutely unfireable until the day Abe Panther dropped dead. When Abe dropped, Abigail Stolly and Primrose Harrison knew that they were destined to become two of the most powerful women in Hollywood. Abe had never gone public with Panther Studios. He owned it, all 120 glorious acres of prime land. Mickey Stolly planned to rule his inherited kingdom like the studio heads of the old days. Ben Harrison planned to sell off parcels of the valuable land just as 20th Century Fox had done and become a multi-billionaire. The scums-in-law. They couldn't wait. And old Abe Panther knew it. That's why he had other ideas. Ideas that if Abigail and Mickey, Primrose and Ben knew about, they would commit Harry Carey in the middle of Chasen's on a Sunday night. Abe planned to sell his studios.